0: Welcome to another glorious episode of Jeff has cool friends. My name is Jeff May and I have cool friends. Not this week, though. Nah, I'm just kidding. I actually have. You guys know. You saw the title. uh, uh, And this is actually something that I'm very excited to do. I have my first ever return guest in Adam Todd Brown. Adam, you're a bad person. Hi, Jeff. It's so good to meet you. It is a pleasure. It's a pleasure to see and speak with you for the first time in a long
1: time. How did this happen? Was do we have like the same management? The same? We,
0: yeah, I think we do. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. I, I think it's just Jeff and Adam LLC. Uh, Jesus is my management running. We recorded two years ago. That's yes. like the last time we did this episode. Things have changed over the past two years. I would say almost the most significantly, anything has changed in our universe. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots um, of changes. dependent like, no matter what you're talking about, the world has changed. Yeah, we're we're on strike because we're SAG. Oh yeah, yeah. We of course we are you know. professionally union represented writers and actors, so we're on strike. Yeah,
1: I mean, we write our own podcasts in situations like this yeah. when writers are on strike. We Normally had to get
0: a team would be writing all the words that we say. It- and we had to get a special dispensation to be able to record this. Right. To get right. approval for that. Because Zaslav technically owns the podcast. Could sure. you imagine that? No. I don't even Dude, Who is that? Is David Zaslav? That's the Warner guy. Oh, yeah. That's no. That What was the... It's come to me now. And I know that this is like, obviously, we, I could talk about how we met each other. But if you're listening to this show and you don't know how Adam and I know each other, that's weird. Yeah. That uh, a- but there's this energy to like the modern thing where it's like the CEOs and then the worst people on social media are like these greedy writers, these greedy actors. And they're like, I'll make an AI movie for you, bro. Like that's because you have no talent.
1: Yeah. That's, I think that you're right. It comes from either not having talent or not valuing your talent.
0: Like, which is kind of the same thing. I think in a way that kind of, it's sort of like, I, I hate using him as like the litmus test here, but when Elon came on saying he was democratizing free speech by selling blue check marks, and it was like, that right. is none of that is at all what you did. You're trying to make money off of a failing platform that right. consistently devalues itself. But it is that sort of energy, which is people that have no charisma. And no, like, creative talent are like, well, I want to do this, but they don't want to work. Ooh, you're hitting close to home there. Sorry. Talking about some people I've worked
1: with in the past,
0: but that's fine. Wolf. which you've worked with many very talented people as well. Yes, um, of course. And people that are all very good and great and that we still are in contact with. And you, have I ever brought this up on a podcast that when we did first meet, because we met feel like facebook really and then you were like coming to, yeah come on out to unpopular opinion the live show which was your first i was at the first on pops and i never tell people this but like i had been reading your stuff for a while oh yeah yeah like, i don't think you, i knew that i don't know like i don't like to say that to people because i don't want that to be the establishment of a relationship yeah to be like because as far as comedy goes i considered us to be like maybe on a cocky level, but kind of peers, you know? I mean,
1: I was fresh out of taking a comedy class. We were definitely peers yeah. in that way. And the only reason I got that show is because I worked for Cracked. Yeah. The guy I co-hosted it with, Ben Blanchard, he approached West Side Comedy Theater and was like, hey, this guy works
0: for a huge website. We should give him a show. And, and they were that's like, yeah. the only reason it happened. Yeah. But yeah, so I was, I guess I was a fan. I've never told, I don't think I've ever told you that Um, because I don't like you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't like you. It makes me uncomfortable. But I did like your writing a lot. And I was like, this is a person that I would like to, this is like, you see someone's art and you're like, I would like to know this person more. I think I would be good friends with this person. And I was way off.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Huge miscalculation. But it is funny. We really got a fast friendship going. Oh yeah. Like it might be one of the fastest friendships I've ever developed where you meet somebody and you're like, Oh yeah, this is like one of my people.
1: Yeah. And I think at least part of that had to do with, I had sort of just moved to LA and I moved here to work for cracked. And when I was working remotely for cracked before I moved here, man, the camaraderie off the charts,
0: in South Dakota?
1: Yeah, when I was like hundreds and hundreds of miles away from everyone and we were just like interacting on a like work, like collaborative kind of level. <laughs> on slack. But oof, once I got to that office, it was not what I thought it was going to be. And I had a lot fewer friends in LA than
0: I expected to. Oh, uh, did it feel a little more clicky than you wanted or yeah, a little yeah. more like climby? I think that's yeah. probably the problem when it comes to anything where you're trying to get your foothold, huh? Where it's like,
1: yeah, because they had been, I mean, there's lots of reasons for yeah. it, but yeah. So I just like, I didn't really have anyone, like I didn't have any friends in LA really. And yeah, like still we don't. just, we got along so well
0: and yeah. like, I still don't consider us friends, but no, like mortal enemies, but also like compatriots yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I'm going to kill you, but it's going to be at like an Angels game we go to. That we go to, something. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it is it is really funny because, you know, we we obviously, we have a, a, I'd say a storied friendship. I'd say, funny, this is just how connected we are. Of all the people I've ever had on my show, yours is the most listened to episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah, by like kind of a lot. That's- and... That is fascinating. Like, it's interesting to me because obviously I believe in you and I know how good you are at what you do. And there's a reason I want you on here. But it was funny when I like looked at my, like, you know, looked at all the numbers and I was like, no, hell yeah. Yeah, that is cool.
1: Cause my, like my thinking would be, well, like these people have probably heard me talk. Like they, I feel like they probably know a bunch of what I was going to have to
0: say, or maybe not. I th- yeah, but here's the thing: is that people hear you talk, but they don't hear you talk about you the way. Because here's the thing: is like you're the subject of the show, and that yeah. hasn't really been a thing for ten years. No, yeah, you know, pe- not, I don't do really personal work <laughs> in general. Yeah. I mean, and but people have glean people glean it like. You say you don't do personal work, but you thread your personality and you thread your experiences yeah. through a lot. Like, I don't think anybody is going to be surprised when you were like, I didn't make as many friends at Cracked as I thought I was. Because they've heard you say similar type things yeah. in, in on other shows, but never directly. It's never directly yeah. been addressed. And so- I say that
1: having written articles about smoking crack and being addicted to cough syrup. So I guess I'm wrong. I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm just wrong I about think so. my work. Although, I don't know, if if I was working with somebody and they were like, hey, I handed in these two articles, one's about the time I smoked crack and the other one's about my cough syrup addiction, I'd be like, all right, slide my chair back a little bit. <laughs>
1: oh, my f- very first cracked article was about getting dangerously high on synthetic weed. I was way ahead of the curve on that. I almost had a seizure way before Demi Moore had a seizure smoking that shit.
0: To me later, that doesn't, work. that doesn't, no, that's not, it's a sur- last superlative, but yeah, but she would have had yeah. to die for that to work. Yeah. It's <laughs> <to> me late. <laughs> she's dead. She's, dead. Um, she's not. So, I mean, we've had it storied situations. We've had, I think we've had a lot of highs. We've had some very well-documented lows. We've gone on train tours together, which that was a, a one-time thing for me, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That. I was over that
0: almost as soon as it started yeah yeah that was like we got because we did a train tour from la to albuquerque to st louis to kansas city right that was the yeah Yeah. and two things one i we probably didn't prepare for the tour well enough i think but two we got on a train and within an hour we were both like i hate this and then they're like well we got 16 hours to go (laughs) and that was just to get to the first show yeah which Um, was albuquerque yeah Yeah, people really
1: romanticize traveling by train but if you can't afford at least one of those little sleeper cabins you're just on a bunch of buses
0: strung together or if you can't fit in one of those sleeper cabins like i I probably would have considered fronting up for it. Although I'm not really sure I could have avoided it at the time. Yeah. Not like, the e- time. Even now I don't, I can't fit in that. It was a, I traveled in one once. And
1: for one thing, some of the best sleep I've ever had, but yeah,
0: it was a tight fit for me and I'm significantly shorter than you. I ended up spending most of my time in the bathroom and the luggage cart. Cause it was so big and I could like stretch out Oh, yeah. Just like hanging out there and like sleeping. Right. I slept in the bathroom.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was bad times. That was a bad idea. At least I had all that train wine, though.
0: Dude, you had so much. You. I remember you came up to me one time and you were like, dude, double train wine. It's happy hour. And you held up four bottles of train <laughs> wine. And then you're like, I'm going to need you to get some train wine. <laughs> yeah, there's a limit. Like they they cut you off of train wine, so I had to get you more train wine, which is uh, that part was cool. That part it's very funny. I was into yeah. Um, so unpopular opinion started as stand up, and then like within like a month or so, you were like, I think I'm gonna do a podcast. I want to get into podcasting.
1: Yeah, initially the idea was to do it to promote the stand
0: up show, which is an insane. Like, that's completely backwards. A weird thing. Like, stand up and podcasts do not help each other, really. But it was still such a new thing then. It was 2013. And
1: the thing is, I had done years before that, I had done an internet radio show before podcasts
0: really existed. That's so weird. Before they could even come up with a name for internet radio. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was, like, the guy I did it with, like, went on to manage Pete Davidson later. Like, we, oh, don't, nice. we don't get along now. F*** that motherfucker. But, yeah, I had done a radio show on the internet, and I liked it a lot. Like, it was highly illegal. I was just, like, playing, like, Metallica songs I downloaded from Napster. Like, I built an episode just around bootlegged Metallica music. Oh yeah. It'd be a funny thing to do. And... So I got on podcasts pretty early. It was a thing I was already comfortable with. And Jack O'Brien was starting a podcast at the same time. And I was like, yeah, let's have two podcasts. And I started Unpopular Opinion, which was kind of a cracked thing, but not
0: ever really. It was your thing they were just providing. I mean, they clearly, they let you, they did not put up a fight when you were like, I'm doing this on my own. So clearly they saw it as yours as well.
1: Yeah, and I saw it as part of my pay. The fact that they financed me doing a podcast on this platform and being able to build a following of my own. Like I never got paid. We did hundreds of unpopular opinion episodes and I didn't get paid for any of them. We didn't have, they like, they weren't interested in, in yeah. putting ads on it or anything. So, yeah, I just,
0: I kind of saw it as free money a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's not so bad. Yeah. Like, they got what they wanted. Because I remember the first episode, because I was on the first episode. Yeah, Yeah. And, like, that was, I think, the first podcast I ever did, maybe.
1: It was oh, close. Yeah.
0: If it wasn't the first I've ever done, it was like the third or something like that. You know, like it's very hard when your first podcast you do has 48,000 listens. Yeah. It cracked was huge at that time. Woof. Woof. Boy, did they nosedive. But I'm sure the people working there now, I'm sure they're great people. I'm, I just, it is funny that everyone's like looking for the golden age and it's just like, that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, people romanticize it a little bit. Name your favorite person of color from the golden age of cracked. Yeah. Name your... Yeah. yeah. Like it, it was a boys club and that's like, that's not me talking. You can just go look at the content from the time they put Rachel bloom videos up on Saturdays exclusively, which that's when the fewest amount of people are watching Internet content, and it's ironic that they would have done that because her videos were by far
0: the best content on her Disney, her realistic Disney. She's there's a reason she's where
1: she is. Yeah, amazing. She was
0: amazing. I tell you, I bumped into her during the writer's strike. I was walking to, this is gonna pull right into it, a card store near uh, near the I believe it was like near the CBS Radford or whatever the one in the valley. And and I'm walking and I'm like seeing this woman. Like, we're looking at each other and we start talking. I'm just like, oh, we've done a show together. Like, we've yeah. done stand up <laughs> shows together. I was like, I think we did an unpopular opinion at the West Side Theater. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Are you here to pick it? And I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, no. I'm no. here with cards. Can I cross that line to pick up a Ken Griffey? I got to pick up a pack of Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards. Crossing this uh, line, but not what you think. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm no scab. I'm a collector. But yeah, I ended, I bought a box of the Marvel cards there, the new Marvel ones. It was nice. It was nice. But yeah, that that is really interesting to think about. And then when it came time to sort of make that correction, I guess, or to attempt it, it seemed like it might have been too late. I mean, the site fell apart shortly
1: after. Yeah. I mean, the site still exists, but there were, like with so many other media outlets, for whatever reason, there were lots of layoffs and
0: firings. It's just that I was ahead of the curve on that too. Yeah, that's right. You got. Story of my life. We, so yeah, you're, and I don't know if we talked about this on the last one, but we, it was like me, you, Alex Schmidt and Tom Ryman in Chicago. And you were just looking at your phone being like, I'm pretty sure I'm about to get fired. Yeah, yeah. Like you were like looking at your phone being like, I think I'm about to get fired. Yeah, I knew I was going to get fired. And then I think you were even like, Better get ready to move on to the next thing, which I thought was, we were all just sitting there like, Ooh, this is weird. Yeah.
1: They're for reasons I like, I know they just passed that law and like I signed an NDA, but I don't really have to stick to it. But I also don't feel like getting into a bunch of the details, but it was actually kind of a relief because I was already, I had already started this Kickstarter I was already planning to start the network, and when it came time for them to fire me, they let me take unpopular opinion with me. And I was like, "Cool, like that that's actually
0: pretty fine,
1: yeah, because it and I mean, even if they didn't, I would have just changed the name.
0: Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, that's what this is. right. This is just a reskinned sideshow sideshow.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I know all about that. I know about <laughs> <laughs> changing the name and just doing the same. Shit. Like, but it's well, I mean, because it's not like you'd be like, "We, oh, we copy recopy re- wrote the idea of a uh, you talking." Like, that's not exactly. A thing. Yeah, and I was just like, long form interview. That's not something. Yeah, but like that did sort of move me. Like watching that happen to you when I left sideshow, I was like, oh yeah, this is doable. And then when I went to Patreon, I was like, oh, I'm actually making more than I was at the, w- over there. Oh, you got to be making so much more than you were. I do. But I, that's only because I undervalued myself with them and thought that they were going to be cool about having a podcast. And they yeah. were like, they wouldn't promote it. They never promoted it. It would be like they they'd do one tweet on a Tuesday when it would come out if they felt like it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And I was like, hey, and they, I'm like, you're paying for this. And they're like, yeah, but people don't, they can't buy a podcast the way they're buying a statue. I'm like, then why did you bring me on here?
1: Yeah, I had, like, I don't want to name them because they're very good people who I still get along with. But I had kind of a conversation like that with two people who ran a website that I was kind of trying to work with, like, kind of the same way Cracked worked, where I would write a column, post the podcast in the header of that column and promote the podcast that way. I was thinking of taking that to a different site and the conversation was so frustrating because they were just like, well, how do you make money? And I was like, man, you sell ads like anything else. And like, it was just too early into it and they couldn't wrap their heads around it. But in their defense, that was like 2014. It seems like you're talking about like, 2000, like 18, 19, something like that. Yep. Yeah. By that point, people knew. People knew how to make money with a podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm bad at it, to be fair. Like I don't do ads on my free episodes, which I should, yeah. just oh, yeah. I should just do that. I tried once to record an ad and it never went through. And I tried like recording it and then adding it in and it just didn't happen. I was like, I'm too frustrated. And I melted down. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to move yeah. on. But that's, it is what it is. So you and I have made a, we've made a shift, a big shift. Yes. Which I want to talk about. And I want to talk about sort of the reasons why before we do that, because you're a huge piece of trash. But uh, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to patreon.com slash Jeff May and you sign up for the producer tier, I say your name on these shows. Yes. I stole that from Gamefully Unemployed. I just stole it from them. And Um, it works. Yeah. Yeah. I did it at one
1: point. Also,
0: I was doing it for like, I did like, at one point, I did it so cheap that I had clogged up my episodes with just reading off a big line. Yeah. And boy, did I cut that down now. I have it at a premium where I only have 19 names to read. And that is, that's a sweet spot right there. Yeah.
1: That was kind of my concern. It just, I just, I honestly just didn't like doing it.
0: But you didn't like reading the names off?
1: Yeah, it just felt it felt like it distracted from the episode a little bit. Or Fair. like from my, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, but yours your episodes tend to be a lot more themed. So Yeah. They have that. But I can come in and just say whatever. Like, don't do out. it. <laughs> I'll I will add that nobody said anything about a tiff's sauce problems. Which if you listen oh, to yeah. you don't even like this show, boy, it's scandal of the century over on there. Big scandal. But I will say, shout out to the Danish cheese guy who supports the free town of Christiania, Bavar Christiania. It's important to know that he said that's not a racist thing. (laughs) Hi, your friendly neighborhood mortician here. You can order caskets online for way less money and funeral homes have to accept them. Also, direct cremation is the cheapest option if you don't need anything extra.
1: So like, just set the person on fire yourself? Hell
0: yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. That seems cheap. That makes perfect sense. India style. The advice. Yeah, let's do it. Shout out to Mr. Billy Beck. The Tubby Terror Bunny thinks you should watch more Rutger Hauer films. Shout out to that scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. Shout out to Justin Wood, Bart Fardigan, Dan Adamski, world's humblest man. Shout out to Norm from Cheers, who we met in Kansas City. He yeah. came out. We love him. He's great. Shout out to Dale. Oh, I love everyone on here. They give me more money. They're best. Shout out to Dan Hackroyd, Mind Freak 555. Shout out to Eat Shit and Die, the Goonies. You see that? Right? I hate that movie. Stupid movie. Check out this month's Nerd with Dre and Jeff. We're going to be watching American Tale, Fivel Goes West. Fievel is that Goes someone's
1: name? That's, huh? Is that a producer's name? Yeah. It's Dre Alvarez. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's I promoting just, nerd, yeah. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know if you just like,
0: Took a hard pivot into plugs all of a wouldn't sudden. It be, wouldn't it be funny if he wrote The Bible Goes West twice? What he actually wrote is, Jeff, you can say whatever you want, including being lazy and just reading this. Okay. okay. Uh, shout out to watch me use these prehensile nipples to pick up pennies off the floor. That one makes me feel so uncomfortable when I say it. And I'm not going to do it. I'm no. not going to watch. I'm going to watch that. I haven't had carbs or sugar in a couple of weeks. I fantasize about deli sandwiches now. What's your go-to order, by the way? at Like a sandwich joint. At a deli,
1: I'm not a big deli sandwich guy. No, I, no, I like they're not it. great. Yeah, I like if I can get an Italian sub, I'm messing with that.
0: Yeah, but I yeah, don't like this. I don't, I don't like the six foot high pastrami that they try to pull no. off. No. Yeah. If somebody, if I ordered a pastrami sandwich and someone brought me one of those, I'd be like, I'm gonna burn this place to the ground.
1: Yeah, Mitch Hedberg has the best joke about that, where he talks about how huge sandwiches are and he goes, someone, they brought me my sandwich and they were like, can I get you anything else? And I was like, yeah, a loaf of bread and some other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much so it. <laughs> like, I don't need, like, that's like the purest of gluttony, right. To be like, I to be this much.
1: Yeah. And who can eat that?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the, and people, cause I did a tweet about it one time where I said like, I will, I would burn the place to the ground. People are like, you take it home. And then you eat more. I'm like, I don't need to do that. No. Why don't I eat the sandwich at the sandwich place and then go about my life? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why can't I eat my $45 pastrami
0: sandwich? That's the thing, too. You're not saving money when you give (laughs) me that. Like, they're not doing that. They're not doing that to be benevolent. That sandwich costs $30. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge scam. But also carbs and sugar guy. Don't be afraid to mix it up a little bit. Allow yourself a little treat every once in a while. I had a Dr. Pepper at Mission Impossible. That was nice. I didn't make it to Mission Impossible. I got, got a bad Adam. night's sleep. Just go,
1: man. I'm gonna, but Wimbledon is on right now. And that starts at five in the morning. So I get like, that.
0: I understand that. But you gotta see this, man. It's so- oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna go. I was watching it and just laughing every time. You're just like, ah, this movie f- rules. Yeah. Like, I you actually- should be allowed to yell that in the theater at a Mission Impossible movie. I think you can, in theory. Oh yeah, you, you know. know what I mean, I think anybody should be able to, not just me.
1: Yeah, you should yeah. be say something to me. I'll throw,
0: I'll do a Mission Impossible on your ass. You try to. Yeah, say something to me if I'm having a good time.
1: Yeah, it should be like Rocky Horror Picture
0: Show, but everyone just shouts, "This movie f-ing rules! F-ing rules!" <laughs> that I mean, kind of is that the best movie franchise in history, as far as like good. consistency? is it would be that. Good. Yeah. That and John Wick, but John Wick's still really young as you far know, as a I mean, franchise goes. John Wick's four in and pretty good all the way around. It's
1: pretty good. I feel like it's waning a little it's, bit. I don't know if I can do seven John Wicks. But Mission Impossible.
0: People say like they don't like two because it's a little too John Wooey, but uh, like, I mean,
1: what, like six out of seven. That's fine. Yeah. Like that's a pretty
0: good batting hand. And also, remember who did the theme song to that one? Was that Metallica? Limp Bizkit. Even. Bum, that, did Metallica do the first one?
1: I don't know. That was like that, that was like 30 years ago. Because well, that's the song that kicked off all the Napster sh- was Oh wow. It was like Metallica's first song in years and years and it was for Mission Imp-
0: I'm pretty sure it was for Mission It would have been Mission Impossible 2, because that would have been like 1999 to 2000. Because remember, like, I know that Doug Ray Scott couldn't play Wolverine in X-Men because he was doing Mission Impossible 2. So it would have been around when X-Men came out, which is 2000.
1: Yeah, it's called I Disappear. And yes, it was from Mission Impossible 2. And yeah. yeah, that's the song that started all the Napster stuff. Someone stole an unfinished version of it from the
0: studio and uploaded it to Napster. I mean, yeah, it was salty. It's going to happen. They got mad about it. Shout out to the producer formerly known as the ghost of Dave Thomas. Uh, Who wins in the what if crossover we truly deserve? Doodoo suit Bruce versus doodoo suit Wolverine. Probably Wolverine. He's got the claws. Eat and die, Grand Canyon. Hell yeah. And uh, final shout out to the wandering unpierced left nipple Two sure. nipple names. This is a I'm, 10 it's 10% nipple based. Yeah. There's a lot
1: of nipples in those shout outs. And here's the thing. Nipples are great. Jeff
0: has cool friends. We got a lot of nipples. <laughs> yeah. Jeff has cool nipples. That is <laughs> absolutely going to be a producer name after this. Somebody is going to tell me they want to change it to that. Okay. Stay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, If you want in on that, head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May. I have a couple of producer spots open as well as the the one where I send you from the card breaks as well.
1: Oh, Um, I'm going to sign up for that one.
0: Yeah, I can send you (laughs) stuff from I must break you as well as you don't even like sports cards, which Adam, you and I have started doing. And we've touched upon it very briefly. We've touched upon this, but I don't think we've really gotten to the genesis of it, which was somehow I fell into card breaking videos. It was something that I was like, feel like that's something I would enjoy. Yeah. And then I messaged you. It was like, dude, we should start doing this. Yes. And cause we had, you don't even like sports already. We had this show mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, we can just call it. You don't even like sports cards and we can do sports box breaks, like pack breaks and stuff. We could do old junk and all this stuff. Boy, has it gotten out of hand. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, it's fun though. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know that out of hand is the right way to put it. It's a thing I've become newly passionate about, but here's the thing. It was like the thing I was most passionate about as a kid. Yeah. And now there's an adult way to do it And, and it's fun and it's fun. And like, I work too much. Like I, if I don't, do shit like this, I will just sit with a laptop in my lap and like research atrocities for the conspiracy podcast. So now I fuck with baseball cards
0: sometimes. Yeah. And you've been doing tennis cards too, right? You said you got some tennis. I did. I'm, I haven't put it out yet, but I'm going to do more like an
1: unboxing video series, but the first one, just to make a smooth transition. I'm opening some 2021 Topps Chrome tennis cards. It'll be out by the time this goes up. But yeah, yeah, I've gotten really into like cataloging. Like I have been meticulously going through all of the cards that we opened. Not just that we opened during, you know, the videos, but I live so close to a target. Sometimes we just get cards and we open them. And sometimes I'll just go to Target and I'll just buy some cards and I'll open them. And the research aspect of it is really calming to me. Like, Oh yeah. It's like very Zen. Like I don't watch enough baseball to know who a Ruiz is just on site, but there's a way to like figure that stuff out and know if, you know, this card that, I ultimately paid a dollar for, if you do the math in terms of buying, especially like a retail box, which tends to be cheaper, like maybe that's going to be like a $75 card this time next year. And it's just,
0: it's so relaxing. It is. It's scary to me when I go to Burbank Sports Cards, which is the card shop near my place, which is a world famous card shop, which I cannot stress to you enough, you got to come up here and come with me to this shop
1: yeah i definitely will i was looking at a card on ebay today and glanced over at the seller name and it was burbank sports card they have
0: a warehouse with millions of cards like yeah. like millions and millions i think they might be the biggest Probably. store card yeah. store in the world they were i mean even when it was like not crazy popular they were still the biggest they yeah. were i think they were in the jack of all trades documentary yeah it is it's where they go in the warehouse, and it literally looks like f- Raiders of the Lost Ark's ending. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Yeah. I'll go there. I was there not too long ago, and I saw this guy losing his f- mind opening cards. And I kind of was like, he was near me because I was seated going through a, a box. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, I just spent $2,000 on this and I didn't get my money back. And he's all mad. And I was like, dude, just go to a casino. Yeah. If if you're, because here's the thing with like this hobby is like the classic way of making money off of this hobby is just it's just not not really a thing. It's so rare. You're buying a lottery ticket, you know, pulling an auto or a one of one or something like that. It's very, it's insanely rare. And people just, if they think if they spend enough money that they're going to get the hits or whatever, and it's the gambler's fallacy, I've seen it happen where I'm, I kind of was like, they should put up that gambling hotline, like phone number in their store.
1: Yeah. That actually wouldn't be a terrible idea because there have to be like, I spent, I mean, I've bought maybe four boxes of cards and even I'm like okay, whoa, I need
0: to... Yeah, we split that hobby box of Top Series 2, which was awesome, by the way. And I think we should do that again. But that was 120 each. Yeah. To do that. But meanwhile, you go to Target and they
1: have all these signs up that are like, all right, only two two things per day per customer, which means there are people going in there like daily buying stuff. And... Especially doing it that way, like it's like baseball cards really are a thing where you got to spend money to make that kind of money. Like if you want that million dollar card, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to have to buy like that $10,000
0: box of cards. It's very rare that you get. and But I will add, I did have that happen once as a kid when I pulled that Mickey Mantle out of yeah. one pack of score trading cards, like one pack, a dollar forty nine right for that pack, and I pulled an insane a card that's of two thousand, Mickey Mantle autograph, right? Yeah, that probably means I'm never going to do that again. Like yeah. you have to have tens of thousands of dollars to invest in that,
1: yeah, to make it a thing where you, like, get rich. Or I would think even to just, like, it's a thing where I can see myself doing it and being able to, like, flip the stuff I pull out of boxes in a way that I, at the very least, won't lose money. Yeah. But that also, like, the amount of work I had to put in just to, like, catalog all the stuff and, like, research, well, which prospect is worth following like what would that card be worth if it was graded like all of those things it takes patience that I think a lot of people don't have and the alternative you know is you just keep buying boxes until you pull that rare thing
0: that is gonna make you rich we should be rich we should be rich that would be nice I think, I think, and this is something that we could, I think we could talk out here. I think we're going to do that card show. The oh yeah. Card show. I think we're going to do that. I think we actually have to hurry up and sign up for it. Yeah. Because he was, I talked to the guy today because I did stop in on my way to the gym to check it out and to like ask him about it. And he's like, you might want to send soon. I think they have like 80% capacity full already. Oh, okay. So we would do that. but I think we are either going to do something very good, which is, I think, you know, we can sell some of the stuff that we've picked up in our, you know, unwrappings for whatever, but then I think we can just do what we do. We can around and promote our shows and get more people that are like, Oh, like, I like you guys. I want to hear you guys talk about stuff. Right. Which I think that's, the interesting mix of it. And we were, when we were talking about it and you were like, this thing looks like it's going to start getting expensive. Yes. Which is a fear.
1: Yeah. It, but it's also why, like in terms of making money, selling baseball cards, my focus is less. Well, I hope I pull a one of one LeBron James autograph. And Dollar binge it, it buys me a house not even just dollar bin stuff, but like I bought, you know, three or four boxes of series two tops cards from target. And there are, you know, there's rookies and prospects, the way baseball cards work now, like rookie cards show up before that player is really established. And that wasn't really the way it was when I was a kid.
0: No, like they would usually come out and trade whatever the traded was like the Yeah, plays, And if they play in the second half of the year, maybe the traded series will have them.
1: Right. And now like there's players who have major league cards who are still like two and three years away from actually being
0: in yeah. the majors. They did do first round draft picks though. Yeah. They did do that back in like back in the olden days. I remember we'd have first yeah, draft true. picks and they wouldn't show up right away. Cause I remember like Greg Olson. Yeah, first round draft pick. Right, but like,
1: like even right now, everyone is up in arms about Ellie Dela Cruz, who is great. He's amazing. He's a rookie. He's playing for the Cincinnati Reds. But the top prospect in baseball right now is a guy named Jackson Holiday, who I think is in Double A. And him and Ellie Dela Cruz are one and two. But Jackson Holiday, it's Matt Holiday's kid, by the way. Like he even though he's not in the majors yet
0: like that's easy research to do it's like like knowing Shohei Otani was going to be something right and like they were like yeah we knew that because of what he was doing in Japan
1: and that to me makes it less gambling and more investing which that's still risky but if I can accumulate you know five Gem Mint 10 rookie card prospects that I got from buying a couple boxes that I spent $40, $50 on and like flip each of those for like $75, $80. That's like, that's easy money. Yeah. And all you have to do is read about baseball. Like it's not, like you're not always, sometimes you're going to strike out. Hey, I get it. right? Like sometimes these kids are, you know, unfortunately going to get hurt or just like flame out but it is also we always
0: remember brian taylor was like the second coming in 1992 yeah yeah there was a guy in a bar fight ruined his entire career
1: yeah or on the basketball side of things jason williams he was like the number one or number two pick oh white jason williams or murder jason williams neither the motorcycle accident shattered his pelvis jason williams Third time's a
0: charm, baby. (laughs) Yeah. and I mean, Len Bias is another example of that.
1: Yeah. And, like, that's going to happen sometimes. But also, it is actually not that hard to know when someone like Shohei Ohtani is coming. It's not hard to know. Like, there's a rookie right now named Josh Young. He's got a brother named Jace Young, who is, like, just as good, but is probably not going to be in the majors for another year. That's easy information to find.
0: Might as well and call that me, I huh? like, like, I like that part about it. It is, there is definitely that aspect to it. You said you sent some cards out for grading recently. You said you set up a grading scenario situation.
1: I sent some out just to kind of like feel for see, it, like feel out how the process works. I how had you- a, couple th- a, the, a couple of the things I really wanted were from the tennis cards. I opened, I pulled a couple things in that, which is silly because those are, even at a PSA 10, they're probably going to be the least valuable
0: things in that box. Right. But I love tennis. But that's for you. Yeah, but exactly. that's the other thing, too. Like, I got my 86 Donruss Jose Canseco graded. Right. Yeah. I did not do that because I was like, I can't wait to sell this. F-. I was like, man, I always wanted this card as a kid. And now I got it. So I'm going to get it yeah. graded. And I did. And now it's in a little frame. Yeah, Which it's I like. Like, it's a cool thing
1: that like then you're getting into like if you're sending off a ton of cards all the time to be graded then you are once again getting into kind of gambling
0: It's a gambling event i mean i guess there are like you got to get one of those jewelers eye things where you can like see all the corners and edges and see how they'll grade and stuff yeah that's a real thing like yeah they sell like card grading kits that you can buy but yeah it's
1: there's a lot to it but I don't know. It's a fun thing. I like following baseball in this way. I like that. I know who the number one pick in the MLB draft was and where to find his cards. If I want them like, again, he's already got cards out there that you can buy for cheap. Cause no one knows who he is. Yeah. I was Stevens. like
0: Corbin Carroll for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He was, it's weird that like Cincinnati and Arizona and like Baltimore are like, the future of baseball and you're falling out of control
1: and see that's the thing like just from buying those like retail ass tops boxes I have like eight Corbin Carroll rookie cards like if I send like you're obviously not going to send everyone off to be graded but if a couple of those come back as PSA 10s you can
0: I think I mailed one out to somebody Oh, there, really? But yeah, because like there's like a lot of people like I ask, I send out a survey like what are your favorite teams? And if they don't have a team for the k- cards for the sport that I'm doing, like some people only like hockey. And I'm like, well, I didn't open any hockey cards this month. So you're getting baseball and you didn't put anything down. So I'm just going to give you some cool. Sh-. Yeah, I sent somebody like one of the like the Ripken, like the 84 tops Ripken and like a Corbin Carroll. Like I gave him good. Sh- But I was like, I don't know what to do with you, man. If you're not giving me enough, I'm going to have to guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. It's fun though. Yeah. It's been really fun following cards and like, it's made me, you know, care about baseball again, which after the Cubs traded Javi Baez, oof, and Kyle Schwarber and Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. Oh, it wrecked me. Like I haven't really yeah. cared about baseball for a couple of years since yeah, the Cubs were like time for a couple
0: building years. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. But yeah, it's been great. It's rough in Boston when they're not allowed to take building years. So whenever they have a terrible year, we're not even allowed to say it's a building year. Oh yeah. No, not with your page, not with your pay scale. You can't be the number two or number three paying team every year and have a rebuilding year. That's not how this works. Like imagine the pressure, yeah, like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox and just being like, oh, they ex-. the Red Sox didn't sell out Fenway for the first time in like twenty years this year, yeah, that's crazy. These people were just like, now nah, we're good. They weren't interested in going anymore, yeah, they're bad this year. so bad. They're really bad. They got a player, though, Marcelo Meyer. they have a couple, yeah. They have a couple of like decent prospects coming up. Masataka Yoshida. Um, yeah, he's great. But, Roman Anthony. I love no. that I
1: can just name off Red Sox See? prospects. That would not have been a thing like two months ago.
0: Rafi Devers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is weird. it is weird though. But it's also okay. So I know we, we've kind of gone a little inside baseball about it. <laughs> um, we when you look at the evolution of unpopular opinion. From where it started to where it is now, I mean, Unpopular Opinion is dead yeah. as far as names are concerned. But when you look at like where it started and where it is now, it's so different. Even the name, because when we kind of came up with You Don't Even Like Sports, which was not our first pick. No. The name of the podcast. Our first pick was shut down by Apple. Is that right? What was our first pick? Sports by Huey Lewis in the news. Oh no, I just knew that that wasn't gonna get (laughs) I liked that idea so much though. Yeah, that would have been fun. It It would have been we would have tanked. We
1: would have been sued by Huey Lewis and his gigantic hog. Yeah, his
0: big massive wang. Just big old baby arm down there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it like The changing the name of Unpopular Opinion to You Don't Even Like This Show made sense for me because of how much unpopular opinion has changed. And like we had that, you know, early period where it was just kind of a podcast about anything. And then Trump happened and it became. Very political. And even at that point, there were people who were like, mm, I like the old unpopular opinion. And it's like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm going to change over the years. And I really support or I really appreciate the people who have supported me this whole time. And I understand if it's changed too much for some people, but that's what made yeah. you don't even like this show feel like. An appropriate
0: yeah. name. Sandy, you. you don't even like this network because I remember yeah. the first shift was the you're like I'm just gonna call it. You don't even like this band, and then because you have the music podcasts, which are very similar to to you don't even like sports in that it's like yeah. a season at a right. time, and so you were like, well, that fits, and so it did make sense that you don't even like blank thing being sort of our thing. I remember you said like when you looked to get unpopular opinion trademarked in any way and they were like that is taken and you were yeah. like well sh-.
1: yeah that was taken unpops was taken and the lawyer was like you should just change your name it's like oh is that like, all i should soon. do soon yeah and finding out easier said than done i asked apple about changing the network name on apple Podcasts, and they were like contact legal it's like oh cool, cool. That- excited legal to, jump through, decided to jump through those hoops. Oh, Jeff, you know, I haven't done it yet. I've been buying baseball cards,
0: man. Yeah. Going to bribe them with some Ellie De La Cruz rookie <laughs> cards. I could. This is, the, this is a number nine to 25. This is a low number. I know somebody asked us on the Q and a pod that we did relatively recently, what our favorite polls were. And we discussed stuff that we had pulled on camera. Um, is there anything that you've pulled off camera? From buying these cards that you were like, oh f- yeah.
1: Yeah, I a few of them are tennis. I pulled a sapphire cocoa golf card, which is still like just the sapphire base card, but it's a cocoa golf card, and she's really great. I pulled a of 25 orange auto card of some player named Jonas Bjorkman who I'm like not that familiar with, but when I pulled that card, I was like, oh,
0: fuck. Yeah. I mean, an auto orange refractor. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In terms of, there hasn't been a lot of baseball stuff that I've pulled off camera that like really blew me away. It's been more again, like doing that research about prospects and then hitting eBay and finding someone who. Like doesn't clearly, they have,
0: yeah.
1: like doesn't know what they have or lost track of it in like finding that kind of stuff. I did pull that Otani card that I immediately texted you. It was yeah, a, what was it? It was a blue rainbow foil board Otani card. It was a 2023 Top Series two, and it was just like a base card, but a parallel. And it had it was of nine ninety nine. But it had like a little bit of damage ah. on the top. But here's the thing, it like when we talked about it, you were like, well, it's good for your personal collection. I'm not gonna like keep an Otani card around just to look at. So I put that shit on eBay. It sold for 21 bucks. Like, f- you, like you I, did... point, I pointed out the damage. I like did a close-up picture and like called it out in the description. So I wasn't like. Cheating people in a f-ing baseball card shop bought it for $21.
0: There it is. They know Love what's it. going on. Yeah. So. File a thing. Did they auction it or did you set it at like a buy it now price? I didn't auction. Yeah.
1: Because I didn't know what it was worth. I started it at five bucks to see what happened. And yeah, I got 20 bucks for it from a box I paid, you know, $40 for. Nice. So now I
0: paid $20 for it. Nice. I got a tops Now card. An Otani card that I had. I pulled one of those like, congrats, you win $10 to the Tops Now store. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is f- weird, but all right. And I looked and they saw they had an Otani. I was like, yeah, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, I pulled one of those two, but I have not gotten the card yet.
0: Oh, did you cash it in? Yeah. Yeah. I what, went on. In. what did you take? It was also an Otani. Like, like, yeah, that's the he's like Ellie De La Cruz at Otani's. Sh- Shohei Otani, for those of you that don't understand, Shohei Otani is currently the best player kind of the best player in baseball right now he's leading the league in strikeouts as a pitcher and home runs as a hitter yeah that is insane insane. it hasn't been
1: done in such a long time it's pumpsy Winderson (laughs) of the 1908 ducks (laughs) yeah like Like you bring it up all the time. People always mention Babe Ruth. It's like, man, Babe Ruth did that for a couple seasons. Like he didn't keep that up when he went to the
0: Yankees. Also, I don't think Babe Ruth was throwing like Otani was throwing either. No, like let's not pretend like this thing where everybody glorifies the good old days. And it's like Babe Ruth. I hate to say it, but like he was playing unintegrated baseball, like, that alone like really limits who you're facing right yeah i mean he was good
1: like he's babe ruth was
0: obviously i'm not going out here being like
1: babe ruth what a
0: piece of he was
1: but yeah he's not shohei otani not by any stretch of the imagination
0: and imagine if he found out that a japanese guy oh man was gonna be like the one and we love him for it oh yeah yeah that would be lost his damn mind yeah there's that there's
1: a a prospect coming up named Bryce Eldridge who is trying to be the American Otani and I guarantee you there are so many old
0: crusty ass baseball writers who are just like come on kid please they're just rooting for the white guy (laughs) in boxing hell yeah you know the guy That's the, we had a ton of those guys back home, obviously, because where I'm from. And it's the same thing as all those guys had Notre Dame jackets and they never went to Notre Dame. Yeah. They didn't even graduate high school for God's sakes, but they were like a white guy ready to fight. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that represents me. Exactly. That's why I'm a Celtics fan. Just a fat white guy smoking a cigarette near a basketball (laughs) or a pipe. That logo speaks to me. The coach smoked damn right he did (laughs) that was cool though yeah he was on and they were green cigars like yeah that's branding right there so so you changed the name now it's you don't even like this network has it affected listenership at all no i think i
1: broke people in like i think i made it a smooth transition yeah you know i didn't surprise anyone with it we made it granted I put the announcement at the end of what was ultimately about a 5 hour 500th episode. Yeah. Which we split into two, but it was still Avatar show.
0: I'm glad I got the V easy episode. Yeah, yeah. It was on that second half. Yeah, the
1: I mean the first half was mostly fun and then there was the part with Randall and Connor.
0: But cool. yeah, that we don't have to talk about it. No, you guys can listen to the (laughs) Unpops episode 500, which is also the last episode of Unpopular Opinion before it got rebranded and renumbered.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we explained there that it's mostly for legal reasons, but it's also kind of a break I need from like Unpopular Opinion is still so tied to cracked in people's minds. And I'm ready to move on from that.
0: And this felt like part of that. Yeah. I feel like people at this point in time have to be ready to move on. Right. Like everybody you loved from there is now doing other work and it's trying to be a new thing. And everybody's mad that it's not the old thing, but it's like, let it be the new thing. Yeah. We still know good people that work there. So it's like, you don't want bad things to happen to it, but if, I don't understand everyone's like trying to hold on to the past. It's like everybody you liked you can hear on a podcast somewhere. Yeah. Like you could just go enjoy what they're doing now. Where they can control what they do as well. Yeah. Which is that's what I that's what I feel like is I think the best part is that we are our own thing. That we can do what we want. And yeah. Yeah. By the end of my run, it
1: cracked. I was definitely over concept of having a boss anymore and it was yeah like I definitely like that part I like that but I mean I was I didn't take or receive a lot of oversight at Cracked I was a pretty pretty much a self-contained unit there I wrote my column I ran the columnist section and I did my podcast so I had kind of my own wing of Cracked after I started several other things like the quick fix section, personal experience section, which I didn't find out I started that until after I'd left Cracked. That was fun and exciting news to me, but sure enough, based on a column that I published on Cracked, not written
0: by me. So yeah, it just, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it it's like the other part too is like there's no need at this point in time for like everybody's like looking for like grape sour grapes or drama and stuff. And be like, just, people are just moving forward and doing things, man. Like, doesn't have to be controversial. You're just like, yeah, man, people are having careers, doing their things. So now, yeah. I mean, my- there's some sour grapes. I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, fair enough. What do you want out of You don't even like, like, what's the goal currently? Cause that's what people ask me all the time. And I don't know how to answer it, which does make me feel like I might be treading water. The goal out of doing this, like out of what we're, what we're currently doing with like the cards and the podcasting and everything. Like what are, what's our step? I mean, I don't
1: really have like, I'm not trying to, host a TV show or anything like that. I just, I want to just be able to do what I want. And I want to be able to build a following that will follow me. Like if I, cause it's going to happen. Like there's going to come a time when I don't want to do as many podcasts as I'm doing, but I'll still do something else that will be a thing you can support publicly And I'll still do podcasts. I would like to make more money, obviously. But beyond that, I just want to be free to do what I want. Like that's, and I feel like I kind of have that right now. It's just, it would be great if it was a little more lucrative. But I'm very lucky to be in the work situation I'm in now. There's people doing three open mics a night, hoping they get a fraction of the employment I have right now, yeah, in comedy, like I get to do, like it's not stand-up comedy. But the dirty little secret about stand-up comedy is most stand-up comics' goal is not to be like Jim Gaffigan and just doing stand-up comedy for a living. People want to make movies and they want to be in TV shows and they want to host TV shows. I just want to work from home, man.
0: Yeah, I just don't want to have to go back to an office. I don't. Somebody recently asked me, they were like, well, what do you want? I was like, I would like to make enough money that I'm not considered under the poverty line with my income. Yeah, that would be nice. And then she asked a very devastating question, which was, well, what are you doing to make that happen? And it shorted me out because I was like, oh, man, I I feel like I'm accidentally being called out for not trying to make more money doing this. I don't know. It's, it is hard. Yeah. Like it's hard. Like I, when I redid the tiers, when I redid the Patreon tiers, things shifted, but a lot of people left because they were getting a really good deal for $10. And when they were no longer getting that specific deal, they were just like, F- this I'm out. Yeah, And that was a bummer, but I'm like, I'm also like, I get it. I gave you something really great. And then I took it away. I understand that. But like when I do like the rookie card tiers and stuff, like I, I like doing that. I like putting those packages together. They take yeah. time and work, but it's fun. But yeah, I'm. It it is one of those things where you're like, you know, and you'll get people and they'll be like, well, what can I do to help? And I'm like, just f- tell your friends, man. Like. Yeah, it. like it's
1: hard for me to, a lot of the things I need to have done, I've tried to have people help with like research in this. I don't wanna like make anyone who's done research feel bad like there have been plenty of episodes researched by other people that were great but they're uh, not
0: you doing research the way you do research
1: I'm really particular about it and it yeah it's hard for me to turn things over to people and I don't want to make people work for free like as much as like I've had people offer I have a couple of times like we had a guy running our YouTube for a while like but it feels, I don't know. I just can't do it. And so,
0: yeah, the best way to support is just listen and tell people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I had this, I was saying, I forget where I was saying this, but it was like when people, when you're like support and people like, well, I don't have money. And I was just like, that's, do you think that's what we want out of you specifically is money? Then you're missing the point. Like support is, you know, reviewing and liking and commenting and sharing like it it doesn't have to be financial and it can be very devastating when people are like well that's all you want I'm like no I just want to be heard the more I'm heard the more people will pay attention like you know how you get a sponsorship from a company like tops or upper deck or something like that you get people watching yeah exactly you get people watching and that's one of the things where you know When I came to you with the sports card breaking thing, I was like, well, the things, a lot of these people are making their money off of ad revenue from their videos. Right. And then they're getting sponsorships because they have 20, 25,000, 30,000, a hundred thousand followers. They're getting, they're putting up those numbers and we need those numbers to hit. It's just hard
1: yeah, it's hard. And we don't like, we don't have 25,000 people we can tell that to. So that's where, you know, telling your friends comes into play, but also it's part of the reason the show is called, you don't even like sports is because it has, it was a thing. It cracked that we acknowledged all the time. And it was a thing that showed up in the numbers. Like that audience did not like sports. Like We just would not, like, we got a lot of really great sports-based ideas and pitches from people when I was at Cracked, and we would maybe publish one out of ten
0: because the audience just wasn't into sports. There's a war on the concept of sports by pseudo-intellectuals, Yeah, people that think that they're so smart that sports are below them. Uh, I find those people to be some of the most insufferable people in the world. And I apologize because I guarantee some of those people are listening to the show right now. Oh, sure. And I don't mean this to say I think you're a bad person. I mean this to say I think you're insufferable.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a little obnoxious. Like, you can just not watch sports.
0: it's like anime. Like, okay, I don't really watch a lot of anime. I'm not going to be like make that my identity. Every time an anime convention comes into town, it's like when people are like sports ball and it's like, dude, if anime expo comes to town, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm sorry. Anime ball. Yeah. I was
1: watching, I think it was like a cooking show or something recently. And they had to do like a sports themed meal. And one of the contestants was like, Oh, why does it have to be sports? I hate sports. And it's like, you're cooking just cook. Cook make it a football. No one's asking you to throw a
0: curveball. Just yeah. cook your food. Just cook your <laughs> damn tart <laughs> and shut up. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> that that really is the thing. And it's these people that there's this like everyone thinks they went to high school in an 80s movie where they're like, you know, the jocks bullied me in high school. It's like, I don't think they did. Yeah. Probably lying. I think you're probably Mandela affecting your own existence. Because you felt insecure as a kid because that's what kids do. Kids are insecure. The jocks did not bully anybody in my school. They were too busy like being active.
1: Yeah, I got bullied by my family. Yeah, right. Like my, I lived really close to a bunch of my cousins and aunts and uncles and they were all assholes. <laughs> like that's where I got the bullying from. People were relatively cool to me. At school like I was overweight and I would get teased for that but that's like school
0: like Yeah the jocks weren't picking on me for my weight it was everyone Yeah was also there. I was good at I was good at sports as a kid so I was not but I did them for social survival Oh yeah I hated pretty much every sport I played in school I just did it because I was like all right well if I play football I'm a lineman and that's an athlete but if I have the same body and I don't play football I'm a fat guy and that's bullyable So I I literally like, it was like my form of survival, I guess. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, now I'm just this big because I have to be. Yeah.
1: I People wanted me to play football. And that's the one sport that I was, I I did it for maybe a month. And I was like, these practices are grueling. I am more of a baseball guy.
0: (laughs) I want to stand while I'm doing my sport. I can't even smoke when I'm doing this. You kidding me? hit me yeah, in that- center field. Oh, it was so, it was like, I was a lineman. I was like crashing into people and just, I was just like, I hate this. And I was so tall and yeah. then like, just get your hands up. I looked like a big potato and you got to do those up downs that that took
1: me out. That took me out. I was like, grandma, not coming back.
0: I was 19 when I found the sport I liked Oh, with boxing, boxing yeah. and I was like, and that's when it clicked with me when, like, the practices were grueling and I liked them. Oh, yeah. That and makes I was sense. like, oh, like, it, it clicked. Like, the tumblers fell and unlocked a secret about myself, which is I enjoy the misery of boxing. Whereas I did not enjoy the misery of track and field or football or wrestling. I hated them. Yeah. I tried them.
1: And yeah, baseball was mine. And I think that plays into why I'm so hardcore back into baseball cards now because baseball really was my thing as a kid like it was my passion I loved playing it I was good at it I you know and then I started meeting girls in high school and I was like oh this is cool too and I stopped playing baseball
0: Turned my back on on comics a little bit in my late high school years because I was too busy focusing on social survival yeah, I just regret that. I mean, comics also dipped out at that time, like 1997 right. and 1999 wasn't a good time. You actually just bought your first comic, right? I was just going to say, not my first comic, but my first comic since I was a child. We've talked about
1: how passionately I was into, was it the Blue Demon?
0: Yeah, that's right. You love the Blue Demon.
1: <laughs> I loved the Ryan Blue Ziering. Demon. But yeah, after we just did an episode of You Don't Even Like This Show with Tiff Myers, who is amazing. And going back in editing, I could tell he was trying to tell me about this thing on the episode, and we just talked over him. But he texted me after, and this was just released. There's an Invincible Iron Man comic that has a Coco Golf variant, and it's limited to 3000 And he sent it to me, and I bought one. Really? How much was it? It's not terrible. No, it was like it. I bought it for what they were selling it for. It was some like the link he sent me. I bought it on eBay, but the link he sent me was the seller that was on eBay. They were just selling on eBay also. I think I paid like three or four dollars more for it than
0: what it was on the site.
1: I don't know because I don't think I'm going to open it. So then do I. Is it coming bagged? It is. It's and see this is how much I love tennis. Now I'm excited to talk about a comic book yeah, that right. I'm never going to open. But yeah, it was it's bagged and it has the certif
0: in the back. We should get that some graded. Yeah? Yeah. Let's do so it. So it's like CGC if you know about SGC, the card grader. CGC is the same company. Oh yeah. So they're the Comics Grading or Comics Guarantee Corporation or whatever. But yeah, yeah. We'll get it graded.
1: I looked into it a little bit. And yeah. it seemed like the opinion was split on whether, like, if you're not going to open
0: it, then. Because it's not a sealed poly bag. It's just it showed up in a bag. Right. So, right. like, well, you go, you take it, you get it graded. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah. We should do it. You <laughs> have it there. I'll f- take it to Comic-Con with me next month, next week. Wait, oh. as of recording, either in two days or I just got back, depending on the scenario. Why not both? Put it up both both days. I am actually going to be putting it up both days. So oh. Patreon exclusive goes up a week early. Oh. Two <laughs> weeks of Adam Todd Brown. One for the money people and one for the no good worthless freeloaders that I love. Oh, you lucky freeloaders! Well, that being said, I know, uh, I know, we got to get you, uh, get you moving pretty soon, and we still got a little bit of bonus content to come for those Patreon exclusive people. So you don't even like sports, or you don't even like this network, right? Are you,
1: don't the... like no. it, it, you don't even like
0: podcasts. you don't even like podcasts. Network, that's what it's called. Yes. Okay, and so, like, tell people how to access this. Shit. I mean, a lot... it might be murky, right, right now, because you're in the transition. Yeah, a lot of it is
1: kind of up in the air. We're still changing the names of things. I was disappointed to find that changing, like, your Patreon URL, it just, like, disappears. And, like, people who go there after that, they just find, like, oh, whoops, this page is missing thing. Whereas I was hoping it would, like, redirect people. So, like, still the best way... To I mean, our podcasts are available everywhere, just like any podcast. You don't even like this show is everywhere. You don't even like sports. There's most of the episodes are out publicly. You don't even like this band. Like it's all out there wherever podcasts are at. But also patreon.com slash unpops still for right now. But hopefully that will change. And also we're trying to lean into using our discord more because that seems like a central place where because we have subscribers scattered at like we have patreon we have a supercast unpops or unpopular opinion.supercast.com and we're trying to lean into the discord more so you can go sign up for that at you don't show dot link slash discord you don't show dot link slash discord and if you mix it around it's dick sword ah, i like that that's funny. Dick sword. That's sword Got them. And yeah, that's where we're going to try and focus on posting a
0: lot of our updates. There. Yeah. 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 Um, is your store still open with the stuff or is that because yes. I know you had a store and we're doing, you're doing like pre sales on shirts and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, depending on when this goes up, because the
0: shirt pre sales are happening through the end of July. So this goes up on July 18th and then also July 25th. No. So oh, okay. those of you that are listening, you have either a week and a half or five days. And that store, same thing. You don't show dot link
1: slash store. Very easy.
0: Yeah. You said and, you uh,
1: sold out of the uh, yeah. sold out of the hard drives already? I might do some more. Those went over really well. I sold those quicker than I thought I would. That's, that's the perfect example of like residuals for a yeah. podcast. And yeah, depending on when people who might have bought those are listening to this, those hard drives are going out very soon. I didn't include in the description on the store that I have to upload the files to each hard drive myself.
0: That's going to be some work.
1: There's a reason they are one terabyte hard drives. It's because we have a lot of podcasts. Yeah, you're getting
0: like 400 and something episodes getting.
1: Oh, I mean. Or is it? It's a hard drive with every Unpops Network episode oh, damn ever. Like we were able to find, I think the only thing I left off is The
0: Darkest Hour for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. That guy's a f- face.
1: Yeah, but beyond that, it's like everything we've done. There's a listener, I should have asked ahead of time. I don't know if he wants me to name him, but I had lost the first like 30 episodes of unpopular opinion and I mentioned on an episode of you don't even like this show that I was looking for him and someone like booted up an old computer and found like the first hundred episodes so now we have all of those again and I think that hard drive might be the like that's kind of the only place those episodes are
0: those episodes what when the person send them to you though? You're like, well, I got, at least I got these now.
1: Yeah, it's like, here's the thing: I don't love those episodes. It was a different time, you different know. Time doesn't matter though.
0: Yeah, it, that's it, like being like, well, then Go didn't like his first stuff. It's like, yeah, but that's an important part of the process, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was good it, stuff in those episodes too. Just because you're, just because yeah. you're ten years, ten years evolved from it, doesn't mean that there isn't good material in there. Yeah, there's definitely some good stuff. And so, yeah, we
1: sold a hard drive with, it ended up being over a hundred gigabytes of material. You still got 900 gigs left. Yeah. The site I got them from the 500 gigabyte one was sold out. Otherwise I would have just done
0: those. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, you have like enough space to store the rest of your life. You're going to autograph them? I was thinking about it. I haven't sent them out Do yet. It. Like, why not? Yeah. I might sign them. Why? Who gives a shit Do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, brah. Awesome. I know social media is not something that you necessarily like to focus on. Usually I tell people what their handles are, but you have Blue Sky. Well, I do Instagram too, at Adam Todd Brown. Adam Todd Brown with one D. This is one. Todd, the D. D. One. So at uh, Adam Todd Brown on Instagram and as well as like Adam Todd Brown at dot B-S-K-Y dot yeah. S-O-C dot. However, that works. Yeah. Okay, wait, what do you right. think of blue sky so far? I feel like I really feel like threads showed up and been like, this is it's easier to do this. But yes, it is. I haven't. And then the people are, and nobody cares that they're like, to get rid of threads, you have to delete your entire Instagram account. And we have access to all your information. And I was like, that seems a little bit. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Threads was like a whole thing where it's like within the T and C's of it, it's it looks shady as shit. it's fine. Fu- it's Zuckerberg. Yeah, I'm not saying it? any of these tech people are good or even better than the other one. Everyone's like, who would win, Zuckerberg or Elon Musk? I'm like, I hope they both f- explode. Yeah, we all lose. Yeah, just like <laughs> the aliens versus predator poster. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if you uh you want to hear more from me, you should check out. You don't even like this show, and you don't even like sports podcasts for people who don't like sports, as well as you don't even like sports cards. <laughs> <laughs> Live video show on you don't like this YouTube, where. Yeah, where Adam and I open up sports cards as well. Adam, you've been doing some as well that you're going to be dropping on your unboxing as well. Yeah, I'm doing the first unboxing is going to be sports cards. Just because I got all those tennis cards that I want to do it to open. Do it. You don't, by the way, I hope you don't feel like I expect you to only open cards on camera with me, right?
1: Well, no, I mean, okay. yeah, like, and I, like you open, like I do, I must stuff. break you. Yeah, like, I do the non- Board I board. just f-ing love tennis so much. Like that was, you know, a thing I wanted to do on my own, but yeah, the next one I'm opening a still sealed original pressing of Fleetwood Mac's Tusk album. It's a pretty rich Yeah, it's not it's a good album. It's my favorite Fleetwood Mac album, but at the time they won exactly one Grammy for it and it was for album packaging. It is elaborate and probably a little bit problematic now a lot of african themes
0: things like that yeah Yeah. i mean it's like they didn't mean harm at the time (laughs) i know like that's there is definitely people that's racist like yeah but they weren't trying to be racist it's just that's what how things were at the time and yeah it sucks but like you know cancel stevie nicks no 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 one's gonna cancel stevie nicks no no yeah
1: white wing dove Christine McVie, on the other hand, canceled,
0: canceled for you, canceled for life. Yeah. From life. Excuse me. From life. You can also check me out on Gamefully Employed. Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. Of course, if you are listening to this on the Patreon, thank you so much. Uh, If you're not, thanks anyway. I appreciate your ears. I would like you so much more if you were on the Patreon, but that's, I still like you. still like you but i just like the patreon people just more uh head on over to patreon.com slash jeff may j-e-f-m-a-y to get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content as well as exclusives like ug fine with kim crawl and you can get early access to nerd with trey alvarez i posted about a little early with there but you can get nerd for free as well if you want to see me live head on over to blast from the past the second friday of every month at blast from past on magnolia in burbank california for mint on card um I feel like I got everything. I think so. If you're at Comic-Con, if you're listening to this on the Patreon and you see me at Comic-Con, don't be afraid to say hi. A lot of people message me after the fact, say they saw me and they didn't want to talk to me because they were scared. Oh, I can
1: relate to that.
0: Yeah. Well, look, You don't want to talk to you? me because you know me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I assume these were people who just knew you. And, and these like, people are oh, like, today. Someone was like, I didn't want to interrupt because you were talking with one of your friends. I was like, I need to brag to my friends that people recognize me. Of course. Yeah. I desperately need that. Like, yeah. do you know how much of a flex that would have been? Yeah. If I could, Like, big dog, my friends at Comic-Con. The, say something. Of course. And I think I might do something like bring a hat with me. And the first person that comes up and recognizes me, I'm just going to give them a hat. Oh, that's fun. Why not? yeah i have extras i got a shipment of hats in and just forgot to sell them like i forgot to tell people i had them and then somebody was like i think it was on our q a episode where they were like hey what happened i it's getting pretty greasy or something and i was like oh yeah i have a bunch of these here yeah sell your hats idiot well i should you can sell it just send me a message on social media you can buy a hat adam say goodbye to the freeloaders Goodbye, freeloaders. Bye, everybody. We love you so much. And for those of you that are patrons, stick around for that sweet bone con. All right, later. Hey, everyone. Our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as Artness by Justin Brown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nabobon, available at Troy Nabobon on Instagram as well as at TroyNabobon.com. Nabobon Nabobon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.